Welcome back to the Gutsiest Brands podcast, the show built around understanding the DNA of gutsy brands by talking to the world's most innovative brand leaders. At Gut Check, we make it our business to understand brands. And over the years, we've learned that some brands are just gutsy. So what makes a brand gutsy? We've identified four primary criteria that help us measure a gutsy brand. We feature brands that are empathetic, pioneering, bold, and demonstrate the power of and, those that see opportunity where others force trade-offs. When we find a brand leader that we think embodies gutsiness, we invite them to the show to explore what makes them so successful, what drives them every day, and to get their perspective on other gutsy brands out in the world. Gut Check CRO Jess Gedeke had the chance to speak with Angie Tebby, the co-founder and CEO of Ray Wellness. At a young age, Angie developed a curiosity for wellness, and as she grew up, that passion for wellness only grew with her. In 2018, Angie saw a need in the health and wellness market for a product that nourishes both your body and your mind from the inside out, and that's where the idea for Ray Wellness began. In today's episode, Jess and Angie discuss her transition into the wellness world and why Angie thinks you could call her a chief listening officer. Take a listen and learn all about Angie, Ray Wellness, and how Angie associates Drake with entrepreneurship. Angie, I am so excited to have you here today. I mean it. When we chatted last week, I left feeling so inspired and that you have so much wisdom to give our guests and to me. So I'm really excited to have you on our Gutsiest Brands podcast. Same. Brilliant platform. Can't wait to get into it. And um, I'm an avid listener. So thanks for having me. Awesome. We love to hear that. Thank you for that. So to kick us off, why don't you give us an idea of your background prior to founding your business? I'd love to hear the history of Angie to set us off. Oh, history. Um, Let's go way back then. Let's start from the beginning. I grew up in a really holistic household, um, humbly in Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, My mom was a nurse. My dad was a CPA for the IRS, but he may as well have been a healer. He was very into Reiki and homeopathy and that kind of helped support me be a you know weird five year old meditating in the lawn um, and trying to like figure out figure out what's next. But I got to tell you, it gave me such a cellular appreciation of mind body together, east meets west approaches to life. Um, it was it was tremendous. But um, you know, I I if I'm not learning, I'm not growing. If I'm not growing, I'm not happy. And so I knew what that looked like for me was to work in corporate working with really smart people and traveling the world. So that's exactly what I got to do. I started at Microsoft for a couple of years. Um, and then my then partner, now husband's job, brought us back to the Midwest and to, back to Minneapolis. And I just started dialing Fortune 50s. You know, there's a lot of them here in Minneapolis and totally fell into retail. Mm-hmm. The retail fell in love with the consumer, understanding macro and micro trends, um, you know, the ability that I, that I learned to, um, understand how and when to bring those trends to mass, 
Um, and I spent 13 years as a private label merchant creating brands from scratch. It was brilliant, um, brilliant learning, worked with really smart people and um, saw worldwide supply chains and, and sourcing organizations. And just it just had a whole host of, of real, real training experience. And, you know, I... I had a moment where, you know, we were talking about what's next and, and what could be. And I, I just started realizing and the universe started showing up for me one day and telling me, I don't know if this is right for you anymore. Um, and there might be something else out there. And I think it might be time to honor your late father in terms of wellness. I'd always had this, this um, dream, right? Of like, when at the right time, I would become a wellness expert or start to live my life personally and professionally in the well-being space. And I just got called to it in a matter of weeks and the forces were strong. And I started to see things, you know, women in my life acutely and proactively not being well, frankly, my own burnout. You know, I had two kids at the time. I just had my third now. And so I really started to question what the balance of my life um, should be um, around wellness. And, and so I left my incredible team and career in pursuit of that, a new why, but had no idea what was ahead. I actually thought I was going to open a meditation clinic. Like I actually did not know what was ahead, um, but, but found it really, really quickly as I did some soul searching and, and spent time with my partner, my husband, um, just talking about what could be. Mm -hmm. I find so many components of what you just said to be really enlightening, but one that I just jotted down is this idea of at the right time, you sort of knew that you were going to move to that next chapter. And it sounds like that right time found you, which is really special. And maybe we should all be on the lookout for those types of signals. And, and, and I think they're, I think they're there all the time. It's just to your point, it's when you're ready to see them. And I always say, everybody's like, oh, you have it all and you can have it all. And you're showing us that you can have it all in the cloud. Really, honestly, I think, I think that's true, but I don't think you can ever have it all at once. Right. And so it's, it's maintaining that vision of, of things for yourself and, and then realizing like, it's going to be a journey to do all of those things and, and get where where you see yourself, but it, it takes time and discipline. Yeah. And we'll definitely get into that. I'm sure some of the discipline piece as we talk about your journey, but let's move to this, you know, next chapter that you, that you embarked upon Ray wellness. Um, as you know, we honor brands that lead with empathy and have a truly genuine and intentional priority on understanding the human experience. And as you know, I'm a new consumer to the brand. So I just had flashed up my box and, and my uh, shipment I got the other day. But one thing I, I'd love to ground us in is the Ray brand. It's, it's there for you, whether you're conquering the day or simply trying to make it through the week. And that really spoke to me. So tell us about your brand. How do you meet people where they are? How do you make their lives better? Mm -hmm. I, that that's the perfect, uh, you know, we've, we've got a, um, a mantra, if you will. Um, and that, and that's part of it where, you know, we're all just doing the best we can and wellness is a journey for all of us. And when I started to really see the space as I was taking care of my own hormones and my own cortisol levels and, and kind of found a gap, um, in the market, it was, it was really a, a company or a brand that could help people realize, you know, it, this isn't a full-time job. 
it shouldn't have to be a full-time job to take care of yourself. It's really about the smaller things. It's not doing the yoga pose on Machu Picchu. It's standing during Zoom meetings. It's drinking an extra glass of water. And so so that's that's the tone of voice that we have in the ethos um, as well. So it shouldn't have to be full-time job. It shouldn't have to be so expensive to take care of yourself. That's a core tenet of the brand and it should be for everyone. Yeah. And we're really proud of the ethos day one and the inclusivity that we bring um, from a ethos and voice perspective around that consumer. And, and how do we get to that? We just listen. Uh, that's all we do. My, you may as well call me like chief listening officer, because that is the most important part of the whole journey is I'm not building this brand for me. I'm not building this brand. The team's not building this brand for them. It is truly with um, with a consumer in mind and our community in mind that we have to continue to evolve. Um, and she tells us every day where she wants us to go. Mm-hmm. Tell us more about the brand. What do you stand for and what do you offer? So we so that's the mission side. We help a lot of people feel better through um, pure and powerful supplements. And so I always like to say, you know, food first, you know, we always food movement, mental health, art, you know, whatever it is to take care of your well-being. Um, but often, you know, you there's there's not a way often for a lot of people to eat avocado and salmon, and there's not enough salmon to replenish all the vitamins and nutrients that you need. And so for us, um, you know, it's it's a view on taking care of yourself, but but self-selecting through that journey and having conversations on all of it. Parts of your wellness include sex stress, hormones, digestion, skin, and so on, sleep. And so, so especially, you know, nowadays it's so hard. I can't separate root cause and symptoms sometimes. And so can I not sleep because I'm stressed out? Am I stressed out because I couldn't sleep? And so for us, it's really, really important that we cover a holistic view on territory and have products across the board, which has created this like anti-silver bullet approach where consumers come in across multiple rooms of wellness. And then they kind of see us and and our full suite suite of products. And and I gotta tell you what I took from Ray two years ago to what I take now is a little bit different because my journey has changed. I had a baby, you know, like, and so how do do you create a company that can like last um, with that consumer through through everything that she's going through, whether she's conquering the day or just making it through the week or the year or or what have you. Right. And I love that term anti-silver bullet because it's not one thing that that'll do it. That'll fix everything. There's interaction between all these different elements of our lives. And um, I love the way that you think about and talk about, and frankly, how the brand architecture as a consumer is structured in a way that is exploratory. And what are the things that I want to pay more attention to in terms of wellness? And there's no one silver bullet. There's there's interaction, but I, I love that. And it feels so nice to know that there are brand leaders that are thinking about it that way and trying to um, be inclusive and make sure that their brand can be available to a lot of different women that really need, they need the wellness help. The the number one thing we hear, speaking of listening, is I don't know what's wrong, but something just doesn't feel quite right. And so that's, that's first, I mean, high five for identifying something that doesn't feel quite right. That's amazing right? And then secondarily, well, gosh, how do you identify to your point? All of these things are interconnected. Um, but there's foundational things that we believe, um, food, movement, 
music, art, you know, there's so many ways into wellness um, that we manifest, but there's, there's just simple things like what you drink and how much water you get that, that are the foundation. So start there. That's our voice is like, start there. And we also sell products that can help you with, with your journey on where you're at. So one of the things we talked about last week that has really been on my mind is this idea of how important mental wellness is to holistic wellness. And I think one of the fortuitous outcomes of the pandemic is that discussing mental wellness, it's less stigmatized than it has been before. So at Ray, it sounds like you have a really powerful way to address it head on. Can you tell us about some of the internal resources you employ to make sure that you're, you're keeping current on that really important topic of wellness? You know, everything that we do is holistic in nature and impacts both body and mind. Um, but at Ray, we lead with the mind. And, and that is why, uh, as we you know, thought about tactical things, like who, who are our brand partners and who do we want on this journey with us? The first external partner that we brought in was actually a clinical psychologist for that reason, yeah. who really um, centers herself on stress, uh, mental fatigue, um, and to helping people, you know, feel their best, be their best, um, because so much of it starts starts with your mental health. Um, so that's a great example. Um, in addition, you know, we there's so many internal benefits that we have as well. We we have well-being Fridays once a month. Like what what you see us project outward is also what we have. Uh, you know, what 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 also mirrors um, you know how we function internally. Um, as well as, you know, our products, like our products are all oriented to not just impact body, but also mind. So, so it's a whole host of things. It's not like one particular tactic. Um, but we always say like, if you put your mind at the top of the priority list, everything else falls into place. And some of those things even could be, and have been, as, as we've described it, like, don't finish your to-do list. Just don't finish it, right? Like that's a mental health thing. So, so there's a number of, of, of things that we, we talk about internally, but um, those are just some examples. So one of the aspects of gutsy leaders and founders is they happen to pioneer new paths in industry. And I've seen a lot of CPG products that claim to be lifestyle brands, but their approach feels more like a series of marketing tactics versus really empowering people to live their best life um, and their brand be a part of that best life. So how does Ray want to be a part of your consumer's journey? Lifestyle to me means living with and for your community, period, period. Um, and asking your question, asking questions every day to figure out how you can better serve them in their journey. And so for, for us, it's how can we better sell, serve their wellness journey? We're a part of the equation. You know, we keep saying that, like, we are not silver bullet, take this, you're going to feel uh, 95% better tomorrow. And it, it, we believe that our products and our consumer reviews tell us that um, they're very effective and work very, very efficiently and, and quickly. Um, but, but it's really understanding that your component of their life and how do you fit into that life? Hence, lifestyle and being a part of that. And so if you do that right, and I keep saying anti-silver bullet, but if you do that in the right voice with authenticity, I think consumers see through that so quickly mm-hmm. and they understand those that are there for them um, and not to just capitalize on them. Um, and so that's really how we see it. And so we, we create content conversations 
Um, you know, we have this thing called Shine Collective. So if you want to hang out with us more and, and learn more, um, and that's where we source, um, you know, a lot of our content even, you know, we've never used influencers at Ray because this notion of like, hey, you know, we're going out to say, can you please try this and then post content? That just isn't authentic. And so for us, we use our customers to be like, oh, you told us you loved it. You want to talk about it a little bit more? That's great. Now let's have that conversation. So so that's what lifestyle means to me um, and continuing to evolve as, as you figure that out with, with, with your community. Um, but that's, that's abnormal, you know, to a certain degree in CPG. Um, and it takes investment that is different um, in CPG. And it takes a blend of, you know, an omni-channel approach that's a little bit different in CPG. Because you can't do what I'm saying on a shelf at retail. Right. Um, it, has to be, it has to be a business model behind it. Yeah. Let's talk more about that omni-channel strategy because it sounds like you're a believer in that, which you, as you should. And did you face any challenges in trying to enact that strategy as you launched the brand? Ooh, you know, we had to have so many upfront conversations about it to say, what is, first of all, let's talk about what omni-channel means. It does not, to, to Ray, it does not mean direct to consumer plus physical whole foods. It means how do we truly drive omni-channels um, with our partners, like a Target, for mm-hmm. example, and, and what percent of our business do we believe should be um, digital versus physical and even a partner, agree, you know, a partner um, partnership like that. And, and for us, you know, it's, it's identifying the margin structure right away, because if you have swings, you know, how, how do you drive brand? And then let her choose her own adventure through that brand. And so that was kind of the fundamental, fundamental decision from day one. But then you have to say, oh, gosh, the economics of shipping on D2C versus the billboard itself that you want from a product being big versus we want product small to ship. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of addressing all those challenges and all those strategic questions up front. Um, but it allowed us to move faster and go bigger quicker. Um, and, and, and it allowed us to figure out our pricing structure as well. Right. And so, so in a number of ways, it was, it was very well orchestrated and thought out from the beginning. However, the biggest challenge was, um, this was four years ago, remember, uh, when I left and started having these conversations. So we're about a two and a half year old brand, but to get this thing off the ground, you require investment earlier than two and a half years ago. And so let's call it three and a half years ago, that was a really kind of foreign concept to a lot of investors. They were um, very pro D2C Mm -hmm. um, or I understand kind of that physical retail model, but gosh, it's really expensive to do both and it's a lot of work and you need to invest in capabilities to do that. And there was a lot of no's, probably almost a hundred no's from an investor perspective as we were getting this thing off the ground. And that was the most common reason why is like, I just don't believe that you can do all of this um, effectively. And, and, you know, I have learned in this journey, you need to be flexible, nimble, know what's it. I always, the team always talks about this, know what's at the top of the mountain, but no, there's 80 different paths to get there. Sometimes thousands of different paths to get there. You just need to find the right one. However, I'm nimble, but that's the one thing I was really stubborn about from the beginning because I just saw a world in which the consumer shop differently mm-hmm. and it has helped us in the last couple of years through the pandemic. And as iOS happened and costs got more expensive on the marketing side, it really kind of played out in our favor. Um, and now everybody's trying to like catch up. To catch up. Yeah. 
created. Yeah. Well, you know, that really aligns with how we think about this power of and, which is that truly innovative thinkers, they see opportunities where others force compromise. So, you know, I'm not trying to hate on your investors or your potential investors, but they were not able to see how you could achieve both. And so I'm curious, how did you build conviction for your, your strategy? How did you convey that this was the right choice, that this omni-channel, you know, choose your own adventure that yes, it might be complicated, expensive, lots of dynamics, but it's the right thing to do. How did you do that? It's so interesting because, you know, when I think back to all those conversations, none of those were were wrong. Do you know what I mean? Like all of those no's were based on data and, and, and real data and real feedback and real life experiences that, that everyone had had. And so those were really great nuggets of wisdom, right? That you carry with you. And, and then it's great to self-challenge or have other people challenge you. The best thing about this, I always say is like the best thing in my position is for people to tell you what you don't want to hear, because then it forces you to, to self-reflect and have, you know, figure out what you are so convicted about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all of that was, was really amazing, but then you really step back and you say, okay, all of this is rooted in everything's a balance of data and intuition together is you don't hundred percent ever have the data and you shouldn't solely rely on intuition. And so you just figure out the right blend of, of how those two things come together. And then, and then you have that conversation. Um, and there were a lot of folks, you know, being out at the front of the surfboard on, on any, I'm not saying we're, we're not at the front of the surfboard on everything. A couple of things we are, a lot of things we're not. Um, but when you are in the front, it, it, it forces, it forces interesting, interesting moments. And, and you just find like-minded people that kind of have those same beliefs. Mm-hmm. So part of what you're saying about listening is I, I observed as a consumer, as I was looking at your website and checking out some product reviews and it felt like a dialogue. It felt like looking at a, a, fo- a focus group, frankly, with hundreds of reviews, because people were saying what worked for them, what didn't. And there were responses from your brand about, so glad that this worked and changed your life in this way. Or if they had a, an issue or a, you know, a challenge with the product, providing solutions. So is that part of this digital strategy and interaction that you have? Is, is that a part of how you listen and identify product improvements and other things? have to, you have to, you have to be, um, reciprocal in that relationship. There's nothing, I mean, in any relationship, a one-sided relationship goes nowhere. And so for us, that is integral to everything that we do. And we've got brilliant, brilliant people on the team that do that so well. Um, and we asked, and, and we asked questions, you know, we asked, uh, this was two weeks ago. We asked the question, what is, what is the number one stigmatized um, component to hormones. Like what is so stigmatized about hormones? Hundreds of responses. Now we're going to take that, right. Mm -hmm. Having to, you know, hide your tampon when you go to the bathroom, always to, you know, the ups and downs, the fight, like we're going to now take that and create content based on that because we listened and now we're reciprocally and kind of like turning that back to the consumer. And, and that's been our strategy from the beginning. And that's the authenticity it's not us speaking to, it's, it's kind of us just playing the voice back. Playing back. Absolutely. Yeah. I love, I love that. And I, it absolutely speaks to the empathy piece, but also being really smart in the way that you do communicate it back so that it does feel like 
I'm not being told something. I'm not being served up something that it's something that I'm already drawn to. So I, I love that cycle and I, I've seen it play out already. Um, I'd love to talk a little bit more about your journey as a founder and a female founder and a mom of three. So tell us a little bit about what it has taken to, to launch a business. Ooh, if anyone looks at this journey and says, wow, she did it. I mean, like that, that, that is so far off. She and they, and, and her large community have been able to pull this off, right. Is, is, is how I always like to describe it. Um, the single best decision I have made in my life is, is my partner and who I married. And that continues to play out, right? Like with the, he's, he's an absolute superhero with three kids. And I'm not saying that like most people are like, Oh, he's a good dad. Like he is yeah, I know what you mean. a very caretaker. Right. And so, and so that, that is critical as well as, as a whole, you know, host of personal, personal help. Um, and then on the, and then on the team side, it, it, it totally takes a village, you know, as you think about those investors, um, that have helped me through, you know, looking around corners on certain things. If you think about the team that we hire, it has been making sure first that they're great humans, um, that, you know, believe in psychological safety, um, and vibrate on another level and then functionally are good at what we're hiring them for. Right, right. But, it, so, so it's, it's, it's knowing what you're clear about and knowing that what you do in your life plays out in your work and what you do in your work plays out in your life. Like I'm, I, I feel so free, emotionally free because I'm not different, you know, at work versus at home. Like they, they completely collide sometimes they complement sometimes. Um, but it takes a whole host of people to, to help through that. And like, what you see is what you get. Uh, with me and, and with the team always. And, and it's true, true transparency and authenticity. I hadn't ever thought of that, but the idea of that freedom to be yourself and not have to, you know, put on one face and another, especially now because we're all working from home. So how do you actually turn it off, turn it on that, that being a, a, a freedom, that's really interesting. And I would say the most influential leaders that I observe have that, have that, you know, you know, there's not a duality to who they are professionally and personally, they just are who they are. Um, and I'd say, yeah, I, I, I guess I want to acknowledge that I'm like light bulb right now, that that is a really <laughs> interesting component of some influential leaders and successful leaders. So thanks for letting me see that. So I was really inspired by your involvement in Girls Inc. So I, I did some research after we spoke and holy smokes, what an organization. Tell us why you're so passionate about that organization and what it does for our next generation of women. Yeah, that's just it. You hit it on, on that last point. We, um, it's so important and it was so important at the time that we concepted Ray to also take care of the next generation of women. And, you know, if you think about the stress, all, all those territories we just talked about of wellness, stress, sleep, if you think about what girls are going through today, and specifically the girls of Girls Inc., they're largely primary caretakers, their little brothers, and like, we don't even understand the stress um, that they, that they um, you know, walk through and tr triumph through every single day. And so for us, it was like, we can feel the next generation and their wellness, hopefully they won't need our products by the time they become adults right, and they can right. take our products. 
And so that was always the thesis in finding that organization that fit that. You know, I <laughs> I talked to Stephanie, the CEO of Girls Like All the Time. I'm like, took her a while, it took them a while to call me back. I had to like pound on that door. They're like, what's this company? I'm never because we weren't even a company at that point. Um, but it was so important because their mission is around creating the bold, um, you know, smart, smart and bold women of tomorrow. And they do that extremely well. And so our partnership is, you know, certainly financial, but it, it goes deeper. I'm, um, I'm on a number of boards there. Um, and, and the depth is, is there. And we spend time with the girls, um, as a company too, which is so rewarding and helps us even understand our view on wellness, um, uh, at a depth that we wouldn't have otherwise. Mm-hmm. Well, brava for having such a, an impact um, within that organization. But I just also really appreciate how well it aligns to what you are doing as a business and your ethos. So um, really, really happy to, to honor that. So of course, Ray is a startup brand, but you have big company experience from Target, from Microsoft. So how do you leverage some of that big company thinking in your strategy? I learned a toolkit throughout my corporate career that has led me to be able to do this. And most of this, right? Like, and a lot of the journey is to be really self-aware about what you don't know and find the people who know that. Uh, Cause there was a number of things I, I, I didn't know and still don't know. I think a couple of things that really stand out to me is um, discipline and prioritization. You know, you have to have that in corporate and, and it's easy it's easy when you have a startup to see every opportunity and there's nothing but opportunity because that's the truth. There's nothing but opportunity, but you also can't scale chaos and you need to have that discipline behind your road mapping and your operations so that you don't, that you don't break. Right. And so that's the, that's the biggest thing that comes to mind around that kind of corporate discipline, you know, operationalizing strategies um, that, that I think, think has led us to be very pragmatic in our approach, see the big opportunities, but like put them on a roadmap where they belong so that the company doesn't break. Right. Well, and I love that can't scale chaos. It's so true. And I'm sure that when you're starting out, there's so many shiny objects, everything feels new and fresh and like, it's going to be the silver bullet. (laughs) We all know there's not one. Um, So I think that's really important, the discipline and I also, it sounds like, you, you know, you have gratitude for that time of your life where you were able to learn those disciplines and build that muscle memory, um, because I'm sure you use it on a daily basis without even realizing it. And there's still some of my best friends and there's still some of my closest mentors throughout this process. Like, it's just that, that network of humans, um, that you just, that you relied on. So for so many years it, and I'm, and I'm continuing to, um, in this journey as well. Yeah. I'm also reflecting that heading up private brands at Target for that many years, I mean, how many households you're in? Is that kind of strange to think about how many household products you've you've impacted? I've never, I think about that all the time with Ray. Do you know what I mean? And like, what percent of of this demographic do we have? I've never actually reflected on that because yeah, you're right. Like I was in the mom and baby category for a while and that's a lot of, that's a lot of moms and babies. Uh, a lot of baby I never thought about it until that. Yeah, really. That doesn't blow me away now that you say that. That's It's pretty cool. It's a cool thing to have in your resume. Okay. We're going to move to our first lightning round. 
this is where we want to ask you about a brand or a campaign that you can think of as a consumer that exhibits the characteristics of gutsiness that, that we like to honor. So the first is, what is a brand that you think really demonstrates empathy? The, the one that comes to mind first that I have admired so much is um, Somersault, you know, the swimwear company, Somersault. I do. I do. Yeah. And from the beginning, they were so clear on their ethos, on their mission, on the DNA of, of who they will be, won't be, want to be, don't want to be. Um, and I think they've lived that really well um, to the point of, did you see their campaign last year where they took, I can't remember what, six or eight real women. Mm-hmm. All women yep. and put them in their swimwear, uh, as they are. Mm-hmm. And they, there were billboards, like they really went big to say, like, come as you are, you are who you are. And we're here for all of you. Um, that was their campaign. They did it way better than that. I'm paraphrasing of course, in a really horrible way, but, um, I just thought it was so brilliantly reflective of the point in time that we're at a, in, you know, as a society and, and kind of their role in that. Mm-hmm. I remember flipping through that catalog with my daughter, who's now 12 and her acknowledging like, wow, I've never seen someone of that age in a, a catalog, or they were including women with disabilities, uh, different skin conditions that, you know, other brands would hide, um, right out there to, you know, for all the world to see. So I know exactly what you're talking about and happen to be a loyal consumer of that brand as well. What about a brand that stands behind bold ideas, even if not well understood or popular at the time? The voice that that comes top of mind to me that stood out as bold in over the last decade is Oatly um, and kind of their approach to communicating um, a new category again. Um, And how they did that was, you know, not just through product, but through a different business model and really thinking about the the whole supply chain and, and the coffee channel just totally differently. Mm-hmm. That's a great one. I would love to talk to those folks too. They've done some amazing things. Uh, what about a brand that embodies that power of and where they saw opportunity where others force compromise? I'm going to go back to my target days on this because this is what we always talked about at Target. We always said the power of and because we were always questioning, you know, from a portfolio perspective, do we over-index in grocery and should we accelerate um, apparel and what's the blend of all of that? And and it was always up until, you know, it, it was always like how much and which one. And then we were just like, but it's, we are all of these things, right? All of these people. And so, so it's really blending the power of and all the way down to like the Starbucks, having Starbucks in store so you can have her and. She can have her hand while she's shopping. And so that stands out to me because that's those are the exact words we always discussed. That's a great example. And obviously so many of us as consumers experience that um, at Target stores. So I love that. I'm glad you're able to pull that in. Okay, last lightning round, spill your guts. This one is all about you. All right. be as, as sharing as you can. What's the first brand you remember as a child? Target, shopping at Target. Really? Yeah. Yep. That's so cool. So did it feel kind of like a big deal when you started working there? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I could definitely see that. That's awesome. Yep. What book or movie best represents your career journey? There is a book. I don't know if you've heard of it called The Four Agreements. I don't think and- I 
it's it's old Toltec wisdom, and it allowed me to see myself and better understand myself and the journey that I'm on more broadly. Excellent. We'll add that to our reading list. We get loads of suggestions of things that are going to make us smarter and better. So we love that. Uh, what's one piece of advice you would give a business leader that's trying to help their brand be more, more gutsy? If you're being gutsy, it means you're doing something. You're bringing something to the world in a way that no one's done before. So have an infinite mindset, play the long game and always follow your instincts. Excellent advice. What is the most used emoji on your phone? <laughs> I'm not an emoji fan. You're not? Um, my That's friends are of me. I just, but um, a yellow heart. Okay. That one Meets works. a lot at Ray um, with a, with a, with a yellow color. So I've, I've started to bring that into my day to day. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you're getting like peer pressure to use emojis. That's where we are. <laughs> I love it. Um, I actually stay away from the LOL. I'd have to do ha ha. Cause I just can't LOL is not authentic to me. Just a little yep. fun fact that no one needs to know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So we're compiling a gutsy brand playlist. I was listening to it just prior to this. It's pretty epic. So could you please suggest a song for us to add? To oh, that I want to hear this list. Um, I wonder if this one's already on there. Nonstop by Drake, where he says, oh, we don't have that yet. No. It's a rolly, this is a rolly, not a stopwatch. Don't ever stop. I feel like that is the depiction of being an entrepreneur. Body start to drop, babe. They wanna know me since I hit the top. Hey, this a rolling, not a stop. Watch shit don't ever stop. This the flow that got the block hot. Well, Angie, I know I learned a lot through this conversation. I've been inspired through this conversation. You embody gutsiness and your brand embodies gutsiness. So thank you for sharing and being a part of our, our discussion. Thank you so much. Um, it's I just I feel so lucky to be here. Thanks. Thanks for reaching out. This was fun. Angie was such a beautiful blend of a corporate powerhouse and like a chill aunt who would remind me to take my echinacea. I loved her. <laughs> That's a great description. I loved her too. And I was so inspired by how Angie, you know, took the the guidance from her late father who sounded like a power of and guru. Am I right? Mm -hmm. I mean, he sounded like this guy that could sort of do it all. And frankly, I took away a lot of lessons from Angie that have implications to holistic wellness that we're going to borrow a gut check for sure. Yeah. And she shared so much with us, all of it, just so passionate. And I loved that passion. So let's just jump right in. What are your big takeaways from today? Yeah, I think there's there's a couple of things. One is the insight and the human experience behind Ray Wellness. I'm really in love with their positioning of meeting people where they are, whether you're conquering the day or making it through the week. I feel like that makes you feel seen no matter what your kind of context is. So I found that to be really powerful and also about what a lifestyle brand really means to her. Um, it means living with and for your community and asking questions to figure out how you can better serve them in their journey. I hadn't really heard as eloquent uh, and sort of relevant a description of a lifestyle brand until that. So that was pretty cool for me. And, you know, the fact that they don't use influencers, um, I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. 
I liked hearing her perspective because we see such a range on the show. Uh, Just a couple of episodes ago, we had Tracy on from Vital Proteins, and she mentioned that they built their brand with a digital presence first. And a big part of that was Instagram influencers. So I think it just kind of goes to show you that no matter how you go about it, you can build a successful brand and product uh, just in different ways. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the work that Ray Wellness is doing with the Girls Inc. organization. You know, Angie sought that out. They didn't come to her. And I think that there's something so cool about that. And um, it aligns so powerfully with their ethos. And I love the selfless goal. Let's hope that girls don't need their products by the time they are older. I mean, talk about an inspiring kind of, you know, positioning there too. Um, but overall, I just thought this was another very memorable interview with an inspiring leader and uh, a brand that's on its way up. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of the Gutsiest Brands podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. If you like what you're hearing, please consider sharing our episode with a friend and leaving us a five-star review. And don't forget to check out the Gutsiest Brands playlist on Spotify. See you next time.